Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we kick off the new season with Big Jeff News and the opening weekend matches. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new season of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are on season three. The league is on season four. Um, it feels it feels weird to say this is this is the news section, which we haven't said in over a year because there hasn't been league in over a year. But anyway, um, yeah, Kevin, how are you doing? How has your week been? And how does it feel to be back to our regularly scheduled programming that we were actually like initially hired to cover (laughs) yeah this it feels really weird coming back to this whole format because it it feels almost archaic because for the most part we were just here being like okay yeah we just have news talk about the news call it a day uh wrap it up but now that we have league coverage we have to sit here and be like all right we gotta watch some games we gotta gotta talk about the meta and stuff but yeah it's uh it's really weird to go back to having two segments, but you know, that's how it's gotta be. Uh, so we don't clog up everybody's, uh, everybody's speed. I mean, like, can you imagine if this was all just one whole episode? Like, yeah, nobody's going to be sitting here. That's over two hours probably of just one episode. That's a lot. That's a lot to sit through at one period of time. So, I mean, it it felt, I think we tried that once or twice, right? Yeah. we, We tried it. I think during like playoffs or something like that once. And it was just like a three hour block of just audio. And I'm like, I, I don't think anybody needs to hear me for three hours. Just I don't even want to hear me for three hours. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just it, it's better to break it down in more digestible chunks than, you know, worrying about the rest of it. Yeah. But it feels good to be back. Like, it feels good to watch actually good people play Overwatch and then not just me sucking all the time. <laughs> yeah, that and also it feels good to have the league back as well. It feels like, you know, they, they want to keep the game alive. They got to really focus in on, you know, the esports aspect of it. And that's kind of what made it, it. It's one of the aspects that made Overwatch League big in the first place. Right. So I'm, I'm glad that they're going back to, to a couple of things and just making sure you know, our esports scene is going to be solid enough. How have you been in the past week since we ended the last season, Kevin? Since we ended the last season, there's only a couple of things that are just really going on. This weekend, I did the uh, Red Bull Campus Clutch for the Northwest region. Ooh. So, um, I was casting Valorant all weekend. Um, or actually, it was just Sunday. Just Sunday. But it was a long Sunday. Um, but... First of all, congratulations to Oregon State. Uh, they put on a really good match. UC Davis came up um, quite a bit as well. Um, and I'm trying to figure out if I could do the wild card games because apparently there's 12 regions in the U.S. And Red Bull assigned, you know, there's 12 regular regions that are just out there. And then there's four wild card regions, which means anyone can join. So... Mm-hmm. In my head, I'm like, okay, if you didn't qualify for like the Northwest region, you can sign up for the wild cards 
and try to get in. And I'm like, if that happens, the Northwest is going to send a lot of really good representatives to the finals. Because I just feel uh-huh. like they're really strong. There's a lot of really strong teams. It's like a second place. chance, kind of, right? Exactly. Um, but it's like, instead of it just being your region, you ha- now have to go against everybody in the nation for those last four spots. Oh, that's so, tough, man. That's a tough part. But I do think that there's a lot of schools who didn't make it that are more than willing to go through wild cards. So uh, that's just going to be really interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, that that was a really interesting case study of uh, of casters and talent. We had, I think, a total of seven people on the desk at one point. Oh, that's a big desk. It's, it's a big desk, but it's like three people casting the game itself, four people on analysts. So um mm. it, it felt a little cluttered but me playing the host i get to do you know the uh i get to play the soe role which is really nice i give a little bit of insight here and there like in fun. and out of breaks and make sure that the show is rolling properly mm-hmm. so that that was my job the entire day so that was that was a lot of fun do you like have a preferred role between like caster or host or or commentary or like play-by-play or color um actually yeah i do so depending on the game um i like to sit down and do color commentary preferably because most of the time it's a little bit of an ego thing like if Mm -hmm. you are a play-by-play caster everybody hears your voice regardless right yeah Um, so everybody wants to be a play-by-play commentator they want to be the one who's calling the action um and having their voice you know clipped uh over all over reddit when you know a player makes a great play um but for me personally i prefer to like sit back and just be like okay this is what made this play amazing this is the reason why we enjoy this um but like yeah it color commentary just allows for a lot more critical thinking which i like about the games that i commentate over like it's really fun to do overwatch and do color commentary because there's so much stuff going on on screen, right? And yeah. then you point out this specific move won the game. And it's like, they might not have even seen it. It might have just been one, you know, half a second in the kill feed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. that that specific move opened up the rest of the game for them, right? Um, it's important when you find that moment that you, like, you call it out, either as an analyst or as a uh, as a commentator. But yeah, when I do on-camera work, I prefer color commentary because I get to sit down and watch the action at the same time. But analyst has been where I've like kind of specialized recently, just because a lot more younger people want to get into like you know having their time on the game, and I would much rather have you know I would rather have my face on camera. <laughs> And yeah, yeah. you get that more during analysts, which is really funny. You get a lot more screen time being an analyst than you do as a as any of the other commentators because they they will never see your face because they're watching the gameplay. So it's just a different way of thinking when you get into the actual broadcast space. Now, how much the the, the real question I've been wanting to ask you is how much more Red Bull did you get? Oh, uh, zero. <laughs> Oh, what? Right now, as of now, I didn't get more. Um, I don't know if I'm getting more. I did <laughs> I don't I didn't uh read if there was any uh more Red Bull coming in the contract, but 
Um, is I that a contractual like, stipulation now? Like that it, you have just to just like, like take a stack of Red Bull. It's like here, take twenty four more Red Bull. Um, I'm like, oh, <laughs> but I, I guess. Um, but yeah, we've been working with the school that I've uh that I was with or with the Academy of Art, and we've just been focusing on the broadcast half of things, um, and trying to talk with Red Bull about you know like contracts and stuff like that so it's going to be interesting to see if anything else comes down the pipeline um maybe not in terms of just here's more red bull but possibly even like a uh a contract or something later down the line nice it, you'll know if that happens i will put the obligatory <laughs> uh sign with pen hit with stamp gif uh, on a uh, on twitter or something like that um besides that i mean this upcoming week the 20 with well, tomorrow um today's the 21st as of recording but uh it's a day after the, a holiday yeah yeah the the good the good holiday uh <laughs> the 22nd through the 25th of april is uh the theatrical release of demon slayer mugen train oh i still have to start the series so yeah a lot of people a lot of weebs like like me have been waiting since September of last year to kind of get an answer of like, oh, when are we going to be able to see this, right? Um, because obviously COVID shut down a lot of movie theaters. Um, we're slowly starting to reopen. But at the same time, I would much rather have them do like a, like, you know, straight to Crunchyroll, watch it, stream it only, like kind of thing. But if I could watch it a month before it hits streaming services, I, I kind of want to see it in theaters. So you don't want to get um, it spoiled. I, yeah, I don't want to get it spoiled, and I don't want to be. I, I'm not a spoiler either. I'm not gonna tell everybody about the movie. I'll just tell them like, "Hey, this is pretty." Um, Ufotable, good job. Keep it up. Uh, how about you? How's your week? How's everything going? It's been quite the week. Um, first off, I got my my first round of the Fauci ouchy two days ago. Um, so w- when you got it, how did you feel? Did you have any side effects? Uh, I got very lethargic. That was mm-hmm. one part. Um, and yeah, my whole sleep schedule was ruined. But other than that, uh, just typical like sight soreness, like injection soreness, like I think that's it. Like my arm just hurt. Okay. Now, are you Pfizer fam or a Moderna man? I got a I got a Pfizer. Okay, same. See, like me, me and my sister got it. Uh, we were on like the wait list for Walgreens, and they called up saying, "Hey, uh, we have two for you to get. Come right now." So we did. Um, I feel fine. I had like just the basic arm soreness for like yesterday. It wasn't even like on the first day. I was fine. It was only a little bit yesterday, and it wasn't even that much. And today, I'm completely fine. I don't feel any soreness at all. My sister's like, she can barely lift her arms. Like, it hurts. And I'm like, okay, well, I got lucky then. Um, but I've heard that the second dose hurts more if you, or gives you more side effects if you didn't get any of the first dose. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Have you heard anything? Have you ever experienced anything about that? So for me, the uh, the second shot hurt more than the first. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's just my experience. My dad thought it was just nothing but for me it was the the second one had longer lingering pain than the first uh-huh. 
Um, but I, I don't know if that's going to be necessarily true for everyone. Um, but yeah, it it really depends. But like, my parents said, like the second one hurt more than the first. Um, but I I don't know why that's a thing. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, well I I will keep y'all updated. It's like, what is it? Twenty one to forty two days after the first one is when you get your second one or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So usually it's like three weeks, uh, two to three weeks after. Oh, so I finally found we finally found another tin of Pokemon cards. We found two tins. Um, it's the the Blissey tin and then the Gardevoir. How do you pronounce it? I've heard I've been calling it Gardevoir my entire life. Apparently, yeah, like the hardcore Pokemon collectors are Gardevoir. Like it, like they they pronounce it all Frenchy. Yeah, it does. It don't matter. <laughs> um, which also brings me to the question: It's like if you're in like if you, if you're like in Japan, how do how do you name the Pokemon? Like our our puns won't work in that language. So. Oh yeah, they have a whole bunch of different names depending on where, um, like where it's from. So are they punny in Japan? Yes. So, uh, it's a like Morpeko, for example, um. For us, we just think, oh, it's a funny name, but uh, Peko means to be hungry, so more Peko means to be even more hungry, which is the kind of gimmick of more Peko is like you know, it's got a normal mode and a hangry mode, <laughs> so that that's the joke. Peko Peko means to like chew or to to munch on, like Pac like Pac Man is yeah. So it. There's a bunch of other like really funny names. I know that there uh Hitmon Lee and uh Hitmon Chan are different. Mm-hmm. Um but it just depends on where it's from and what kind of pun they can make with it. Interesting. Okay, so anyway, we we went to my siblings just like went to a bunch of different stores with me. They dragged me along cuz I had to drive them. We went to a, a CVS pharmacy first and they have those like um repackaged 20 card pack so i got two of those um which were, were pretty okay and then um so my sister got the gardevoir tin i offered my brother to get the other blissey tin he said no because he already had one and then when i opened it up my sister is like obsessed with like seeing what's in each one and she's like open it i want to see it i want to see it i want to see it so when we opened it up um i opened it up and i had the the shiny um full art Solgaleo and my sister literally freaked out because apparently like she had just seen that on the internet and it's like worth 40 bucks or something and so I have like the Solgaleo one and then the Lunala one and she just she, she screamed she actually screamed <laughs> it was fantastic um so that's been my Pokemon journeys for the last week and I had one zoom date on Sunday and I have another one tomorrow um just just in a, in a non-gaming and just like a, a more human internet approach to things kevin do you think like how do you think just normal life is going to continue after corona because like zoom has become such a a central part of our lives and on one hand i get that people hate zoom because we're always on it now like me like literally i have how many meetings per week on zoom um and, and now i'm going on goddamn dates on zoom um but other people just like they hate it but it, it's so it makes everything so much easier 
yeah i i do understand that whole debate it's like why would we go back to meeting uh in person when it's going to be just generally safer to do it online um and also it's like semi convenient you you technically don't have to leave the house right you can actually Um, work from home yeah so i think it just depends on the profession obviously some of them you can't you can't zoom meeting a construction site that just doesn't work uh so those those ones that require you to be there physically it's kind of important um but in terms of like uh everything else i i think it is really going to be depending on the person like the people itself like mm-hmm. dating wise i understand like I heard the rule where it's like you have to have two Zoom dates before you have like a physical like meetup just because you want to make sure that you vibe with them first. Um, that, that's what I heard. Uh, but it, it's really weird and different. Um, I don't know how we're going to recover from it as a society and what we're going to do with it, with that information, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I do think that we're going to be more zoom oriented now that you know we know that the technology exists we have um, the technology we have the technology to work from home kind of um why would a company invest in a workspace if uh if essentially they could do all the same work without having to pay rent for a building uh so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens later down the line but i really do think that more companies are more interested in the technology that's that's around this so we'll see if it uh if that leads to anything later down the line or if we decide to change anything going forward now are you a preference for in person or doing things over zoom after this ends um for my current workplace i i film uh professors giving their lectures um and then that's just that's edited down and brought into an online class so for me um i much rather would be working there like in the studio i feel like i get more done in like a different work area um at home i'm very distracted there's video games and oh my god yes like it's just difficult for me uh to really focus in on what i need to do um and also, it's just like it's a better space for the professor too. Like nobody wants to see uh, what I look like normally. So uh, <laughs> I have two modes: uh, professional Kevin mode and uh, gross. Oh my god! Please don't be on camera, Kevin mode. Um, so yeah, I, I much prefer to work in the space. I'm a big proponent of like set, uh, like set design and making sure that it looks good for camera when you're on camera um to bring this back to the other discussion as well like for casting um if you watch the vod back from to from last weekend's this week last weekend's last weekend's um campus clutch a lot of players or a lot of the analysts that we had were just like in their bedroom right uh they they just have a very basic like yeah not a lot of like set dressing um and then it's like Artie's, who's my co-caster great guy 
um, great play-by-play commentator, could hype literally anything. Um, he has like RGB backgrounds. He's got like a banner. He's got, you know, a table with keyboards on it. It's just a pretty looking set, right? And then for me, I do, I do like, um, I do like the Japanese screens with colored uh, lights behind them. So it has a little bit more of a flair. It's not just like a solid background. Plus, I don't really have to clean my room. Uh, that's just easy. You, you put up a screen, you put up some lights, call it a day. Um, but yeah, at the college that I go to, we actually have like a like a studio set for esports, um, which is kind of like a news desk. So I'm looking forward to getting back onto you know that desk and showing people like, hey, you know what? We actually take this seriously. It's not a it's not just something that we do in our bedroom. I actually have like a full setup and I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like. For me, I feel like I need a separate space to to really be productive. Um, but yeah, I understand if it's for other people, it's just like, oh, it's more convenient and I get my work done. You know, good on you. I, I don't have that mental fortitude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, um, as a journalist, like I, 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 the reason why I love that job is because I got to run around and go everywhere and, and do a bunch of different things. Um, but as a podcaster and, and doing things like it's so much more convenient just to like roll out of bed whenever I want to and just like be in my room and like have my distractions here. Um, so on one hand, like I, I do love being out and about, but I love the convenience of being home. Yeah, it's always about in moderation. Um, and I feel like, you know, with uh with the way how our uh, how the coronavirus has essentially changed the way how we interact and stuff, um, I feel like it is like we've we haven't gone outside in like over a year, so I feel like everybody wants to go outside, and then the second that we get you know everything <laughs> back to normal, people are gonna be like, all right, yeah, I'm going back inside. Like yeah, like. <laughs> People are always like, oh, my God, I miss movie theaters, but they wouldn't go to actually see movies. They just stream things. And now everyone's like, oh, my God, movie theaters are so essential. Like, are you actually going to go to them for more than about a week or or, or what? Yeah, it's it's that thing. It's like it's the forbi- the forbidden fruit, man. Like people want it while when they couldn't have it. And then the second that they get it, they they don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Anyway, so let's shall we go into the big stuff first the 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 big news or should we save that for the end i think i think we should open with it and we all right um y'all y'all probably know this already um but jeff from the overwatch team is no longer jeff from the overwatch team he's just the jeff now um kevin where were you when when you found out about the news that we've lost our jeff um i I was just chilling in my room. I was playing Overwatch, um, getting my, getting my skin for the week, and then I oh, close wow, it. And, and then just boom, we just get. Yeah, I I just see the I see the news, and I'm like, okay. Why why do you do this to me? I just finished playing your game. Now you have to hit me with this. Uh, yeah, it it's gonna be interesting. See, I woke up to a text from Adrian, who I work with on the other podcasts, about like uh, about it. He he sent me a tweet, um, 
And that's not the news that I expected to find out on the holiday, you know? Um, and, and I think the thing for me that was most shocking was when I realized it's not it's not like an announcement that he will be. It's like effective immediately, you know? Yeah. Um, and like we, we've been... It's and we, we don't have a reason yet, right? It's just goodbye. I, I'm done essentially. Yeah, it wasn't like... no no saying like I was scheduled to retire, I'm gonna retire anyway. There's been no like announcement of, of anything, so it feels really yeah, weird. Yeah, it just feels really sudden. That, that's something that you know, usually if you're going to retire from a position, you say like, hey, or at least it's um, from, you know, like a bigger standpoint, you want to say like, oh, I'm I'm going to be done after, you know, X, Y or Z kind of give people some time to accept the, the transfer of power. Mm -hmm. uh, but for for Jeff, he, he's just full on like, you know, peace out of here. He's like, all right, uh, I'm done. GG, I'm done. You guys, you guys can have this now yeah um but yeah it was just it was really sudden um i wish we had a little bit more time with with jeff i feel like the next question we won't know until you know later down the line but uh we might have to ask you know why later mm -hmm. it's just like why did jeff leave the team is maybe he got a better opportunity maybe there's another game coming up on the horizon that they wanted to drag him into um, an offer he couldn't refuse. A literal offer he could uh, he couldn't refuse. Thank you enough. So he we'll couldn't see. refuse. Otherwise, he's gonna have like a dead horse head in his bed. Yeah, something like that. Um. So here's here's Jeff's statement. I'm leaving Blizzard Entertainment after 19 amazing years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime to have the opportunity to create worlds and heroes for such a passionate audience. I want to express my deep appreciation to everyone at Blizzard who supported our games, our game teams, and our players. But I want to say a special thanks to the wonderful game developers that shared in the journey of creation with me. Never accept the world as it appears to be. Always dare to see it for what it could be. I hope you do the same. GG, Jeffrey Kaplan. And so our new game director, Effective Immediately, who's going to be taking over his role in Overwatch and Overwatch 2, is Aaron Keller. He's a Blizzard veteran and he's a founding member of the Overwatch team. So he does have the background and... I'm going to quickly, as quickly as I can, because this is kind of long, try to read over what uh, his message was. Greetings, Overwatch community. Jeff's been a great leader, mentor, and friend, and he knows how much we're going to miss him. I've been lucky to work alongside him and the rest of the Overwatch team for many years in building something that continues to inspire people all around the world, and I'm honored to carry the torch forward. I love Overwatch. From our first pieces of concept art to the first maps we built, to the first time I was able to run around as Tracer, who at that early point shot laser beams out of her eyes. Interesting. <laughs> this game just clicked with me. I love its inspiring, hopeful, and beautiful world worth fighting for. I love its characters, larger than life, colorful, powerful, and global. And most of all, I love the fast, fluid gameplay requiring teamwork, situational awareness, and quick decision making. I also recognize that making games at Blizzard has always been a group effort and never just about one point of view. Together with the rest of the team, I feel fortunate that we have the deep bench of development and creative leaders, numerous veteran Blizzard artists and designers, and some extremely talented new blood as well, along with tons of support throughout the company for the live game and for Overwatch 2. 
Speaking of Overwatch 2, development is continuing at a good pace. We have an exceptional vision we're executing on. The reaction of many of you to the updates we shared at BlizzCon thrilled us, and we have exciting reveals planned for this year as beyond as we ramp up to launch. We'll be sharing more frequent updates about Overwatch 2 progress and new features in the live game with you all very soon. While I have no pretenses about filling Jeff's shoes, I'm excited to step into the role as into the game director role and continue to be part of the team that's pulling all of its heart, talent, and focus into the next iteration of Overwatch. And I'm honored to continue serving this incredible community, Aaron. Um, that was a lot to read, but it it it's it feels me leaving unsatisfied because I we still true to Blizzard and true to Overwatch, we still don't know anything. Yeah. Um, it, it's cool that at least we have somebody who we could, uh, we could out blame, uh, I guess. Uh, but another thing is like there, yeah, there's still no answers of like why this happened. Like why, why is Jeff leaving? Is there a specific reason or is it something else later down the line? Was it, you know, he's just saying, oh, this is my time. I need to go or, you know, other X, Y, or Z. So we'll see. Um, I just hope that whatever they have planned, it's it, it's enough to to keep everybody happy. Uh, in a way, I I hope that another thing that if you know uh, Aaron Keller is, I mean, he is already taking over. Um, but I hope that he gives us announcements and like dates sooner than jeff right like jeff jeff likes to pocket those and give you those like at the very last minute like if he just comes out and he's like okay i'm the new director overwatch 2 2021 early or 2022 early 2022 uh just mark it down and we're just like oh okay cool thanks <laughs> like he already had it planned the entire time i mean we're harping on the same issue here but i feel like blizzard not releasing or jeff's not releasing a reason why just the and the fact that he's leaving before overwatch 2 comes out um it's causing a lot more questions than something like this should it makes it feel a little bit shady for me um if he if he waited until overwatch 2 release like after the day of release he decided he said i'm done i'm out that would have felt like a natural place for him to leave. We wouldn't have any questions. We would have felt, I think I would have felt like he did his work. He's tired. He's done. He can leave now. And thank you for your work. But like, okay, this is going to be kind of, this is going to be a weird analogy, but I'm going to draw it to this thing. Um, So it, apparently like, I mean, we all know about the weird news about the Catholic church and, and the things that happen within the walls. Um, But there used to be a priest where, we were and he was there for a little bit and then just immediately vanished like we there was no announcement really um and he was just gone and people were like where did he go and the church made an announcement it's like he was called to um fill in at another community or something or like an, an unplanned reassignment um and according to like the, my brother was really curious about this so he did some research and apparently this happens in a lot of different parishes where if they say that, it means the priest is in trouble for something and they're trying to hush it up. So not to say that Jeff has done anything wrong, but that's immediately what I felt. And I really hope it's not. I hope that just he's going to another project he can't talk about. But I mean, just say he's moving on to different professional 
opportunities or something. This would be a big debate if they said Jeff is leaving, you know, Blizzard Entertainment. And then it's just like, nah, he's secretly just working on Overwatch 2. Uh, instead, he can't say he's the director of Overwatch 2. He has to, he, he gave Overwatch 1 to somebody else so he could just full-time one-trick this. <laughs> like, that, would, that would be really bad. Uh, but it would be also really funny, too, just to be like, hey, here's Overwatch 2, and here's your director, Jeff Kaplan. And then everybody <laughs> loses their loses their shit for like 10 minutes. <sighs> I would... I would be down for that, but honestly, I I do understand that feeling. It's like if they if they say, "Oh, he he left without really it's sudden, obviously, and not having you know something before that come up, it's it's a little worrying uh, to figure out where he's going. I wish this wasn't more sudden. Like I feel like Jeff has become part of like our overwatch lives just because he created the damn game um but yeah i mean i i wish him the best and i hope that i hope that this is because he's moving on to bigger and better things so next on our list um this is this is me segueing into another issue uh, that i did want to talk about not an issue but another topic um, so Zoe created a spray for the overwatch league um you two got by watching and linking up to your Linking your YouTube up to your Battle.net account, which would then earn you rewards. And I think you had to watch for four hours. Um, I need to see if I did that. I need to see if they actually are counting towards my coins and, and whatnot. Um, but she she put out a spray and she went through her whole process. There's a video on it on the Overwatch League YouTube page where um, she explained how her art style is normally like kind of very sketchy and messy. And, and she cleaned it up a lot for the spray. Uh, she didn't want to make it too busy, so she went through a lot of designs and eventually settled on the one of uh, Tracer and Hammond wearing Overwatch League gear. Um, so that's out there. But the, the the thing that it that caught my eye was at the very very beginning of the video, she's sit, just sitting there and she like taps on a can of Coke and opens it. Like I think she sips it and then just leaves it on camera for the rest of the video. So just very very blatant product placement the thing that that made me think of was i was reading a post online because the the league was coming back um and contenders is is starting up again i believe right is contender starting up or mm -hmm. well yeah. yeah okay so with with the league and contenders starting up some people are like why don't you just advertise for contenders and uh the actual overwatch league in the game like you could put it on like some of the billboards. Like there's the one um, on Route 66 that someone like did a mock-up of uh, an Overwatch League advertisement. Um, and and for one, I hate that idea. It's I, I hate it with a passion. It just it takes you out of the immersiveness of the world. It's kind of a little bit blatant. Um, but I and you're gonna have to confirm this for me, Kevin. But like. Apparently, someone said, well, they're already doing that in Valorant. Is that true? So okay. on all of the maps, there's like a banner um, that it's not like super like in the way. It's just kind of off to the side, but it does say it had like the Valorant uh, Valorant Championship Series like banner that told people like, hey, these are the dates where it starts. Uh -huh. um, and 
I understand if it's like it's it's essentially like a flag that's like in the background um or like it's on the map so like people can see it but the main point of it was to like remind people like hey there's a championship series happening uh go ahead and tune in and watch them um but yeah i understand at least on overwatch like the maps are part of the lore in a way where there's a lot mm-hmm. more like i guess story heavy things that are written into the maps um valorant has some of that it there's a lot of it actually where you have to like learn through the maps but it's not like really game changing in a way it's more like you you just watch it to enjoy it uh-huh um so yeah valorant is already pushing like their tournament stuff in game where they have like their own advertisements and so on and so forth. But I don't think it will work for overwatch because it's just hard to fit something like that into the maps um, without it being like super, like it takes you out of the feel of the map. Like if it was like spray painted on the side of like the payload, uh, I can see that where it's just like the, the series dates are on the side of something that's not map related. Um, I can see that, but that doesn't apply to every single map or every single, um, you know, spot. So it's also mainly there for the spectators, um, as in like the people who run your in-game camera, mm-hmm. because they can, let's say if they are broadcasting that tournament, right? Like I know, I know V flight is guilty of this. I know a lot of people are guilty of this, but like. During the Valorant Championship Series, you would see people start on the banner and then like pan over to something else during like pre-buy phase or something like that or getting ready for the, the whole series. But I think that that is the uh, that that is the best way to really say like, hey, I've been working on this. I this is what you're watching today. Um, it has been promoted in game. Get ready to see what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 50-50 on it. I like it. Uh I like it as a way of advertisement because as a uh as a gamer, as like a as a player in that game, it's almost Im- well, yeah, it's almost impossible to to miss it, right? You're like, "Hey, this banner is new and it usually isn't here." So <laughs> there's so then you read it and you're like, oh, okay, there's a championship series. That's cool. But like everybody who walks past it now will be like, okay, that is, we, we know when the series date is. We don't need it, you know, a couple a week or two after. So it would just be a quick thing. It would have to be maybe like a week before. Like uh-huh. if you did it like a week before and during the, like the main melee and stuff like that, um, I think that would be effective to get people to tune in, but at the same time, it's like throwing people off of their game. Like maybe there's things that you're used to seeing um, that just look different or weird. Yeah. So o- overall, do you th- is there a way that you think Overwatch could incorporate? It? Like I I I don't want them to, but theoretically, if they did, is there um, a way that they could do it that makes it not obtrusive? And doesn't interrupt the 
the immersiveness. I agree with some of the people saying like the billboards where there's some things like around the map where you can change it. Um, I just think that it has to be like it has to be a smaller one. It can't be like, you know, the sign in Route 66. Like you cannot change that. The the big one mm-hmm. that's on the side. Yeah. Um, If you change like maybe the smaller one that's closer to like the end of a like the one that blocks the the one where the door opens up when you start going into the second point right mm-hmm. um there's a small billboard across from the from the gas station i feel like that one would be if it's as long as it's not like bright neon pink or something <laughs> like that um or it kind of fits the aesthetic of the map like if it's dusty um and it just says like let's just say overwatch league may melee or something like that on it i would understand like hey that's pretty cool like that's in game but it doesn't eat up half of the screen and stands out too much mm-hmm. um, okay like if it's subtle but it's different it's like there on every map we would take notice but um as long as it doesn't distract us from the original gameplay like i feel like that's the most important piece is as long as it's there but not in your face about it, you should be okay. Yeah, that's fair. Now, what would your thoughts be on like if they took this farther and actually did like product placement in the game? Uh, I, I don't. That's a thing think... that happens in like a lot of. I've seen it like games that are or companies that are sponsored. Like you'll see like Sony will do it or like. I mean, they kind of do it a little bit with like Hearthstone everywhere. So they're trying to get you to play Hearthstone or or the Lost Vikings. But mm-hmm. if they went like full on, we need more money and sponsors on this. Uh, I feel <laughs> the dumbest thing would be to like make the payload look like a freaking NASCAR thing and just have <laughs> labels slapped all oh, over God. it. Uh, <laughs> I think that would be hilarious if you made like if you did that for like Junker Town, I feel like that would be hilarious where it's like a rundown like race car model instead of like whatever the uh-huh. load is right now. I feel like that would be hilarious and you could get people to put logos in there. The the thing that I feel like it takes away though is the fact that Overwatch is a fictional space. Um mm-hmm. it's supposed to be that kind of like future like sci-fi kind of feel to it um and i feel like if you put in like a big banner that's a coke you're like oh, okay that that's we have that already <laughs> or you don't have to wait till uh 20 like till after the omni crisis for coke okay like we know that you're gonna survive the apocalypse uh, <laughs> but yeah it's really interesting to see like if they were to put product placement into overwatch where would they put it I was thinking like another billboard thing or like on the monitors, you know, like the destructible monitors before each match. That's what I was yeah. kind of imagining. I could see that maybe on like Hollywood. Oh, um, especially Hollywood. My God. Like Hollywood would be plastered with with billboards. Because that's or, like actual Hollywood. Or I think the funniest one would be like slap stickers. Right? Like they're just in random like high places. <laughs> like because that's... A, that's where they go, right? Like you get stickers, you get some dude who jumps really high, 
and like you just see them on the subway all over the place yeah um but yeah that's just the way how it would be on hollywood i don't know like i would hate for there to be like a mcdonald's skin that would be i mean that's florida mayhem season one but like (laughs) let's be honest like if they had that or like a i feel like if it was creative in a way it would it would make sense and it might be you know haha funny um but at the same time like a lot of a lot of us gamers are like oh yeah you're you're fully selling out that's not Mm. something that we need to fund right right another thing that i i kind of i think it's more apt to talk about it here than in the the gameplay section it's it does concern overwatch league though but um a lot like with the league coming back a lot of the online community that i've seen on like facebook and twitter is is mad that the overwatch league is coming back because they feel like blizzard has abandoned supporting the normal players and they're just kind of shoveling all of their resources to overwatch league and the actual normal fan base is not getting like nearly the amount of joy in the game that, that they would had they diverted some of that attention to making sure that it's playable for us at the lower levels of play. What are your, do you agree with, with that assessment or what are your thoughts on, on like the, the relationship between league players and, and normal players? Yeah, I understand that, that feeling it's like, why would you put in all these resources time to make the league happen when your base game, like when a lot of the players in in the player base think that, oh, you haven't done anything to change how we play the game normally. Um, and how us at the majority um, play the game at a, at a lower level. But at the same time, like I like, the fact that they're giving people hope by saying like we have the league and it's working um right i understand like if there are changes that people want to happen at the lower levels um they will make their voices heard we we had that the what is it that one really experimental patch like a couple the like, april was that a month no, the the other the tournament one. Oh, that one, yeah. Like the community event one. Um, I feel like that was really helpful by letting people know, like, hey, these are some things that we wanted to try out and might look good at least for us. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it depends on the uh, it depends on the development team, and I feel like there's two different sides of the dev team right like um there's the side that focuses in on the game like the gameplay and how it works and then there's the people who run the league Mm -hmm. um and the people who run the league are there to you know create a spectacle of the of the game right like that's their job is to make the game fun and entertaining um but if you get to a point where the people the regular like player base cannot even play at that level or even do or execute the same things uh you are going to lose out on on that half i don't know how else to really say it i feel like i appreciate the game more because i played on a 
competitive team and I have right. that kind of like um I have that background where it's like you you put in a couple hours a day to watch your own videos. You try to learn from your mistakes. You have a coach who's in your ear majority of the time mm-hmm. telling you like, "Hey, this is what what you're doing correct and what you're not." And I appreciate the game that much more because of it. Um if we need something like that for the lower levels, I would hate to say like, oh, everyone should have a coach. Everybody should pay for a coach. But I feel like if you watch more videos and you get fully immersed in the game, you can definitely realize things about the game that you enjoy rather than just focusing on like, oh, the game needs to change because I'm not having fun. Uh-huh. You got to right. find you find the fun in it. Like you find the fun in the game versus like trying to make the game find fun for you if that mm. makes any sense yeah yeah you're 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 enjoying the game for what it is rather than complaining about how it's not enjoyable because certain things aren't up to what you would want them to be exactly um but yeah i feel like that's how we view it uh how a lot of players view it they're like the game is not fun because we see the same rotation of heroes but then you have to learn how to play if you play those heroes like a very weird way, like you can start getting more fun and more weird things, interactions out of it. Like that's literally Chengdu. Yeah, it's it, that's the Chengdu mentality. It's fun to watch them, but like it's so random that that uh, you know that they're having fun with it, but the other team is like, I don't know how to deal with this. This is just weird. Yeah. Now, how does that reconcile with like? I I mean like contenders should be the like is contenders getting any more support for this or or are we still in the same spot that we've been the entire time where contenders is there but that's it it's like it's it's not getting the love that it should if this really wants if the league really wants this to be the way that we find new talent i i still feel like they're doing a lot of the same thing where it's Mm. like you enjoy if if you watch contenders to watch contenders and enjoy contenders, then you get the most out of it when the players do hit the league. Like you're like, I remember that kid. He was he was weird, but he worked. Like you he did a lot of work for the team. Um, but at the same time, like there's not a lot of ways to learn about contenders. It's still a very difficult space to get into just because like there's not a lot to go off of. Um, so I honestly, I still feel like there needs to be Overwatch integration. Um, like, just say, like, you had Overwatch League tab, right? You have contenders. You should have a thing in-game that tells you, like, let's say if you're playing Overwatch, right? Like, there should be a little, like, corner pop-up. It doesn't have to even be big. Like it could be between your matches, right? That just says like, "Hey, your team is playing right now. Do, would mm. you like to watch?" Or, "Hey, this tournament is happening in a couple." Or like on the days, loading screens. So like, yeah, exactly. Like, there's an opportunity for that, um, and they miss out on it. Like, I understand if it's like collegiate, like where it's smaller tournaments where it would have to go through like their own Twitter and stuff like that, that would be fine if that's not on the client. But I feel like 
tier three, like have open registration, like push registration on the Overwatch client for like open division, right? To say like, hey, do you think you have a chance at this? You know, sign up your team for open division. Um, and it gives you reminders of like, hey, these teams are playing. Hey, you have a tournament here. Hey, you have like the league is starting up, right? Like, I don't think a lot of people understand that the league has returned um, just by opening Overwatch. If you open yeah. Overwatch, right, you don't know if the league is on or if things are happening, right? Um, besides, like, oh, maybe there's a small update that says, like, there's a new skin coming out from the league that just started X, Y, or Z. <laughs> right, but right. there really needs to be, like, notifications in-game during, like, the loading screens. It doesn't, not mid-game, like, that would that'd be a pain, mm-hmm, but, like, mm-hmm. tell me, like, at the very beginning or, like, during the loading screens, like, hey, your team did well, or this is happening. Um, it would... First of all, get more people to play because at least you're reminding them like, hey, if you want to take your chance at Path to Pro, we have it available. Just do it, right? Um, Instead of it having to be a constant hunting season or something like that, just have links to everything in client. And I feel like that's really important for growing the esports scene. Like, uh. I hate to do the comparison again, but Valorant has the banner, um, had the banner in game, but also they have like a mini like news feed um, on the on the left hand side of their like when you first open the game, it's like a bunch of like news stories that you could browse through. And one of them is like upcoming tournaments. And that's all we need. It just says like, OK, yeah, this tournament is happening. These are the teams that are playing. They have that for Dota of all games. Um, but Dota's been around for years and years. Um, but yeah, they have you select your favorite team. If they're live, they say your team is playing right now. Um, would you like to stop your queue? Which is really funny. Interesting. Um, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll watch the game. You get to watch it in the client too. So you get, you don't hear the cast. Actually, you can hear the casters, but you get to watch a game in the game. So. I feel like having that uh having that layer of integration between your esport and your actual game um really solidifies the how can I say it like the legitimacy of the teams and of the games. Yeah. Um, especially when you get more eyeballs on it. Is there anything else news wise that we want to talk about this week? Um been a relatively short week. There has been uh for for Overwatch uh this is the last week of the archives event uh make sure you go get your camouflage mercy I forgot to. to do the the ones for the Zen yeah I did that a couple days ago like before the event finished we're just like okay um I'll give you guys a tip uh Storm Rising is the shortest uh go and just put it on hard do Storm Rising. Uh, and just clear out the game as quickly as you can. You'll start to figure out like points where like enemies spawn, so you can just kind of camp it. Um, and it works out. Do not do the special missions to try to get your stars, those are too hard. 
Uh, I can't finish the Unbreakable Barriers one. Yeah, we we did the uh, the Unkillable Rage one, where it's like if you kill somebody within a certain proximity that has a nano boost, it spreads. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you do that and you kill something near a heavy assault, the heavy assault gets a nanoed. And we're just like, oh no, we can't we can't even play this game anymore. Like the, they have two heavy assaults, they're both nano boosted, plus we're dealing with a sniper. Like it does it doesn't work. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning into the news section. Um, be sure to tune into the gameplay section for the first time in, in over a year, where we're gonna break down the first week of the Overwatch League and all the uh, the insanity that that was is a lot of unexpected victories and results. Um, yeah, thanks guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Next week, we bring you more gaming and internet news and continue our league coverage. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.